good morning and welcome to uh, Locust Grove Christian Church live Facebook feed. Uh, good to have you here. March the 29th, 2020. A uh, beautiful Sunday morning, sunlight. That's why we picked that heavenly sunlight uh, song. Uh, just go ahead and let you know up front where you've had some, uh, apparently the storm uh, caused some electrical issues today. We will not have a slideshow for you. So it's going to be a little different in that uh, in the song service. Uh, hopefully the songs we've got picked out, you'll be familiar enough to know the words to. I will be singing those in the background, though, so if you do get lost, maybe I won't lead you astray in that. Just to give you some kind of idea of how we're going to go through the services today, uh, we'll have our announcements and prayer request time, have opening scripture and prayer time, then we'll have our song service, Because He Lives, and Shout to the Lord. Uh, communion, scripture, and meditation. Brother Tony's going to share that with us this morning. And we'll have our morning message, invitation time, and closing. Uh, so uh, if you haven't got your communion prepared, now would be a good time to do that. And uh, certainly uh, we are glad that everyone is here this morning. Just a uh, few quick announcements to go over with you this morning. And uh, before we get into our prayer request time, uh, prayer requests, I can take those uh, via email. Uh, the email address to the church is uh, on the back of the bulletin. If you do not have that uh, bulletin, uh, the email address is uh, lgcc1830 at windstream.net. And I will uh, give you that uh, email address shortly. Uh, or you can text it to my cell phone. It's on the back of the bulletin as well. And then uh, each Wednesday night, just as I did last week, I will uh, do a prayer list by text to the uh, devotional group, and then I'll also do a one call, and I'll try to make that around uh, 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock or so. That way you can be, uh, be ready for that as well. Next Saturday, April the 5th, from 1130 until 1 o'clock, cutting it down by 30 minutes. Uh, from 11.30 a.m. to 1 o'clock in the afternoon, we'll be doing communion resupply and offering drop-off. If you'd like to drop your offering off, uh, you can do that. Uh, if you need communion supplies, I'll have those there to, to give those to you. Everybody should be good uh, at least through uh, next week, and some of you may be a little beyond, but certainly I have plenty made up and ready to go. So you just, uh, just let me know when you pull up uh, what you need. If you'd like to mail your offering in, I had several people request this. The church's mailing address is P.O. Box 197, P.O. Box 197, Keating, Kentucky, 40737. And I'll give that to you as well at the end of the service so that you, if you don't have something to write on, write with. Email address and mailing address at the end is the closing. Services are offered on Facebook Live, YouTube, mid-afternoon on Sundays, and then we can make CDs. You'll just need to get in contact with me and request those, and we'll be happy to produce that for you. Also, I want to make an announcement that if you have a need for groceries or medicine, we have several people willing in the church to go pick that stuff up for you. Uh, of course, you contact a uh, myself or a deacon or a brother Harold or other elder and uh, we'll get in contact with those folks who are willing to do that for you and all 
also uh, did hear comments last week that uh, the broadcast just stopped working. If that happens to you, all you have to do is simply back out of it uh, on your Facebook page and, and log back into it, and it should come up, and you shouldn't have any trouble from that point on. So uh, certainly, again, we're glad to have everybody here with us this morning, and uh, glad uh, to be here. Uh, it's always a privilege to stand here before you. Uh, now our prayer request time. Of course, uh, we know this is going to be more of a generic because of privacy issues. So uh, let's just go over this again to continue to keep our president, vice president, all of the uh, Corona Task Force team in our prayers. Also, uh, Governor Brashear and all of uh, uh, his task force that are working so very hard. Our first responders uh, that uh, are out there on the front lines each and every day. Our nurses and doctors hospitals that are treating and not just in the hospitals but all of our nurses and doctors and all the hospital staff uh, at this time I think that you've probably seen and, and we've all understand that uh, from the custodian up to the administrators everybody has an important role to play in this and certainly we need to keep them in our prayers our emergency medical responders fire department and police service the men and women that serve in those uh, departments uh, we appreciate their efforts and uh, family support and, and I, we should keep them in our prayers as well and certainly uh, let's be in prayer for all the families that uh, are affected by this and when I say that I mean folks that have people hospitalized uh, normally when we're sick and in the hospital we're surrounded in our rooms by family members able to, to be there with them and whether they realize we're there or not this is not the case with this COVID-19 the families are not even allowed in the hospitals at this point. And uh, we can imagine how difficult that would be on each and every family that's affected. So certainly keep those folks in their prayers. And then, of course, not forgetting those that have lost their life to not only this disease, but all of the uh, families that are grieving uh, around our uh, county and our, our state and our nation for the loss of a loved one. So uh, plenty to keep uh, our prayer request, our prayer list full. Uh, for this week. So if you would, bow with me at this time, we'll have a word of prayer. Almighty God and our most gracious and heavenly Father, truly, Lord, we are thankful for this beautiful day that you've blessed us with. Lord, we're thankful that we're able to meet together, even though it's through a different means, but we know, Father, that uh, we're all gathered together, and we know, Father, that you are in the midst. Lord, we've mentioned many different names for this prayer time, and many that have not been and Father, for our president and our governor, all the folks around this nation and this globe that are working to end this pandemic, we pray your blessings upon them and their efforts. Keep them safe, Lord, and watch over their families. Father, we also pray that you would be with the men and women of the fire service, police, EMS, all of those responders that work so hard to protect our property and sustain life when we have accidents or emergencies. Lord, we pray that you bless them as well. Uh, keep them safe as they go about their duties and watch over their families when they're apart. Father, we, we thank you so much for being able to assemble together uh, each time in this great nation that we live in and pray, Lord, that these freedoms would never be removed from us. Pray, Father, that we would seek out your face, not only as individuals, but as a nation. And Lord, as we draw closer now to Easter each day, I pray that our hearts and our minds would focus in on the great love of Calvary 
focus in on the example that Christ left for us to follow and let us do within our power uh, everything possible to be a pleasing servant to you and to share the good news and the gospel of Christ. Lord, I pray that you go with us through the remainder of this service, and I pray everything that we do you would find pleasing in your sight. These things I humbly pray and ask in Christ's name. Right. Our opening scripture this morning comes from uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. And I chose this to begin to kind of focus us in on the Easter uh, time. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth, and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? All right. Our song service this morning, again, we're gonna, our first song is going to be Because He Lives. The second song is Shout to the Lord. There will not be any lyrics. You will hear the music. And uh, the music has the, the, the singers and words. And we do this under CCLI license uh, to broadcast this. So uh, certainly want to make sure not own the rights to the song, but we own the CCL license to broadcast uh, during church services. So uh, we're going to step off the screen. We're going to sing two, two uh, hymns, and then Brother Tony will come up and have our uh, communion scripture and meditation and prayer time for you.
Union scripture this morning will come from the 14th chapter of the Gospel of Mark, starting with verse number 22. As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it into pieces and gave it to all the disciples, saying, Take it, for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. And he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice for many. I tell you the truth, I will not drink wine again until the day I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are thankful, Lord, again, that we have the opportunity to gather here in your house and the house of many. And Father, we're so thankful for these words of comfort that we can take to our hearts knowing that you have overcome the world and you are now still in control of this world as we live in it, regardless of what happens. And we just pray now, Father, as we let our hearts and our minds go back to the cross on Calvary where you died that day and eat up the world's sin. But the, the grave, as you was taken and placed in that grave, couldn't hold our Savior. And our Savior lives forevermore and always will as long as we truly believe that in our heart. Now we ask that we, as we partake of this, this body and this blood that you bless it and allow us to be drawn closer to you through this uh, ritual that we do daily. And we should uh, remember this every time we meet that we uh, come before you and we partake of your body and your blood. We also take it daily and always, Father, uh, be a good steward of your will and show Christ in our uh, lives and show Christ to the other people that may not know him, but who may be the only uh, Christ-like figure that they see. Now bless us, Lord, through the remainder of the service and let everything again be pleasing to you for this and everything we ask in Christ's name.
good morning again and welcome uh, to you if you're just now tuning in. Uh, good to have you here with us, uh, Logan Strobe's Facebook uh, live broadcast. And uh, if you're following us uh, that way or on YouTube, uh, certainly want to welcome you and uh, thank you for tuning in. And it's always a privilege for me to share God's Word with you. Well, I suppose by now that we are all settled in uh, to our new routines. And I imagine a lot of things have been, uh, that have been put off uh, have gotten done, or the list keeps getting longer, whatever your case may be. Uh, many of us each afternoon, I know we do at my house, we tune in and watch the governor uh, and or the president make their uh, updates and addresses, both of them having members of their team <clears throat> that speak to us as Americans and Kentuckians, and they advise us, as you know, on the safest practices uh, to bring about a quicker end to this pandemic, and also they give us the latest revised numbers. It's important, I believe, that we pay attention uh, and do what they recommend and, and have faith that things will get better sooner rather than later. Easter Sunday is three weeks from today. And as many of you know, it's this time of year that I, I begin to preach sermons that bring our focus in on that wonderful day, that wonderful resurrection day. The day that our Savior raised from the grave. The day that he conquered death and sin for all that put their faith and trust in him. And with speaking and hearing being a part of our new routine on a daily basis, I wonder if a certain symbol of Easter comes to mind, and it's the cross. As I was just sitting there during the communion time, I uh, was thinking, well, we're not going to have any scripture to, uh, to put up on the screen, which there's a good side to that too. You won't, I won't be darkening down if the slides are too bright, so we'll look at that silver lining. But the biggest silver lining was, as we talk about the cross, if we did have uh, the PowerPoint going and the screen would be down, then you would not be able to see the cross that is behind me. And I realize now that maybe it's not so important that we have uh, the words of today. Maybe it's not so important that we're able to see the slides. Maybe it's more important that we turn into God's Word, each and every one of us, for our own. And as we go through this lesson today, and we can see that cross, which should always be uh, in our minds as Christians. I think that it would be safe to say that if I asked you what the cross meant to you, uh, you would give a variety of answers. Some of those answers would be it's a symbol of Christ's love, some that it's a symbol of our salvation. And I believe most answers would be along those lines. But I wonder if we realize that the cross says so much more. And I don't want you to get me wrong. It, the cross certainly is a symbol of God's love, and it's a, certainly a symbol of the salvation and how it was purchased for us. But it goes much deeper. The cross has much more meaning. It is both simple and it is so much more. So this morning as we begin our series leading up to Easter, I want to look at the much more part. I want to ask this question. I want you to ask yourselves, does the cross speak to me? Does the cross speak to me? This morning I want to cover some of the areas where the cross speaks. 
weeks, we're going to look about man's guilt and God's righteousness and our helplessness and God's power to save and God's love and our need for obedience. Hopefully, after our study, we'll have a deeper meaning about the cross. Uh, we always have to remember the, the facts of the crucifixion because it's the very heart of Christianity and it's the most significant event uh, that Passover weekend is the most significant event in the Bible for Christians. The cross is the supreme declaration of God to man and the cross speaks to all of our basic needs and to our hopes. So if you will, turn in your Bibles to Romans the most of our sermon will come from Romans this morning. Uh, we'll be looking from front to, to back on Romans. So uh, uh, if you will go ahead and turn there, and I'll give you just a minute to turn there with me. And we'll begin to look at the cross and how it speaks. The first thing, as we covered, is that the cross speaks of our guilt. In Romans chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, Paul writes this. He says, What then? Are we better than they? No, in no wise, for we have been proved, both Jew and Gentile, that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. I was talking to a man some time ago about uh, church and our doctrine and, and uh, Jesus and, and how, uh, what he did, how he came here and taught us to live and, and died in our stead. He said that he was not a believer in that, but he did believe in a God. And one thing that he had had a problem with was that the, the worst, what we society would call the worst criminals, murderers, child molesters, and the sort, they could come to Christ for salvation. And I'll admit that's kind of a tough pill because we like to categorize sin. Some sins are worse than other sins. But the fact remains and what we have to realize is that all, as the scripture says, all are guilty in the eyes of God. All are guilty unless we are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Look over at verse 23 there, same chapter. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we are all sinners, regardless of our level of sin that we like to put on to that. We're all guilty. And Isaiah 53, verse 6, part of that says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And that describes the condition of man. We have all went our own way at some point in time in our life, prior to that relationship with Jesus Christ. We don't have the privilege or the power to pronounce ourselves to be righteous. We don't have the ability to save ourselves from our own sin. All that we can do is acknowledge our guilt. And the cross is a reminder of that fact. That because we are guilty, the cross was necessary. And it speaks to us in that fashion. The cross also speaks of God's righteousness. Looking at Romans 3 again, verses 23 through 26 this time. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission.
remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God to declare, I say, at this time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Can we recall uh, God told Adam about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and said that he could partake from any tree in the garden except that one and if he did, that he would surely die. And ever since Adam and Eve introduced sin into the world, the penalty has always been the same. The penalty of sin is death. And disobedience to God brings about that spiritual death. And if God is to be just, he could not spare one sinner without sparing every sinner. That's why he made it through the cross made a way for uh, those that are obedient and that's why God is just when Jesus went to the cross he took that sin the sin that has been with us the sin that has plagued us since Adam and Eve Jesus took that sin with him and in that way in that way God made a way to save those who are willing to live for him Jesus is the only acceptable sacrifice for human sin and the cross is a reminder of God's righteousness. And our third point in verse 20, the cross speaks of man's helplessness. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Not only does the cross show us our guilt, it also shows that we are helpless to be able to do anything about our salvation can't be good enough. You can't do enough good deeds. You can't speak enough good words to secure your own salvation. It's a terrible gamble to think that if we live a good life and treat people well, that God will just let us slide in. The Jews kind of had a, a similar attitude. They, they said, well, we, we keep the law. We haven't broken any of the commandments. But the law was never meant to be something that was followed rigidly. That you can say, I didn't break this, I didn't do that, I didn't uh, violate any of these. The law was something to show us how our hearts should look. More so than we're able to follow a written rule. Like driving down the road and following a speed limit of 55. And you don't drive over 55. Yes, you have stayed within the law. Because the sign was posted that you shouldn't do that. But whenever we have it written on our hearts, we drive below that, not because it's posted that way, because it's the right thing to do. And that's what we see here with verse 20. The Jews, like I said, they missed it. Flesh or us never was or ever will be justified by keeping the law. The Jews thought if they kept the law, stayed to the letter of the law, they would be okay. And the law is made not to justify, but to reveal what sin is. To follow the law is to write that spirit upon our hearts. We may remember that Jesus, being, when being questioned by a lawyer or an expert in the scripture, asked what the, the greatest commandment was. And he said to love the Lord thy God with all thy soul and all thy heart and all thy mind. And the second is like unto it, to love thy neighbor as thyself. And then he went on to say that all the law and the prophets were hung on those, that's what the whole law was about 
was loving God and loving our neighbor as we love ourselves. And those, he said, are the two greatest commandments. And we can do all the good human deeds possible. And it would never be enough to wipe clean one sin, not one, let alone a lifetime of sin. The only hope that we have is to obey God. Otherwise, we are helpless. And that's a true description of God's grace. Something that we don't deserve, but something that he gives to us and makes available to us freely. The cross also speaks of God's power to save. Many of us, when we view a cross, we think of that. The symbol of the salvation brought through Christ. But let's look at chapter 8, verses 2 and 3. This morning here. It says, The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of his sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Shows us there's a way out. That scripture there, as Paul wrote to the church at Rome, that there is a way out, and God provided it. He provided it through his Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. If you turn back to chapter 1, verse 16, very familiar scripture. Uh, many of you would be very familiar with it at any rate. It talks about the gospel. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Of course, some of your versions may say the Gentile there. Greek being those that are outside of relationship with God. Sinners, us, all of us now. And that's what it says. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Why would you not be ashamed of the gospel? It's the power of God to save the lost. Let's use a courtroom example. What's the power to convict a criminal? It's the law that's written. If I steal and I'm arrested, and I'm taken to trial, and they have evidence against me that I'm a thief. I go through the trial process. At the end, the jury will pronounce me guilty because of the evidence against me. In the same way, Christ, who could pronounce us guilty because he took that sin, regardless of what the sin was, because of that, we are saved, no longer guilty of that. So the same law that can pardon the guilty can also save us. And it's the way that God is the author of righteousness. It's the way that God is the author of pardon. He has the power to save. He has the power, and the cross proves that. Because like no other way, he made the terms for pardon and fulfilled them himself. So the cross speaks of God's power to save. It takes great love to do that. Great love. Which is our next point. The, the cross speaks of God's love. In Romans chapter 5, verses 6, 7, and 8. It 
For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commanded his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And that's the great and wonderful news of the cross. The great love that God has for us. And it establishes that love that God has for man. That God has for his creation. Yes, we are guilty of sin. Yes, we live lives that we stumble and we fall and we make mistakes. And sometimes, yes, we even rebel against God's will. But you know what? He still loves us. He would still have us come back to him through repentance, through change, through the work of the Holy Spirit, because he desires to save us. People at times wonder if God really loves them. If God really loves me, I've been bad, I've done things that I shouldn't have done, I've done awful things that there's no way that I could ever be forgiven for, and the cross answers that question. The cross says you have done nothing that you cannot be forgiven for. Sending his son to die. Think about that. Sending his one and only son to die a substitutionary death in the most painful, horrific way at the time of execution, the cross, crucifixion. He sent his son to die. There can be no doubt. There can be no doubt of the proof of God's love. And how better could he have shown? What else could God have done more that would have offered more proof than Jesus hanging on a cross? That should show us the great value that each and every person has to God. If he is willing to give up his own son in order that we might be saved, we must have great value. No greater love has a man than this, that he lay down his life for a friend. But here's one you've probably never heard. What uh, no greater love has God but this, that he laid down his life of his son for those who hated him. And that's what Christ did. That's what Christ did. He laid down his life for those not only that, that came, that come to him repenting, but for those that hate him as well. His blood, the work of the cross, is still sufficient for those if they will just turn. Turn from sin and turn from their ways and turn to God. The cross speaks of God's great love for each of us. And then finally, the cross speaks for the need of obedience. In chapter 6, verses 16, 17, and 18. Romans 6, 16, 17, and 18. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that while we were yet servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you, being then made free from sin, 
you became the servant of righteousness. Now, we've all heard the old saying when we was coaxed into eating the, the vegetables and maybe the foods that we didn't like, that it's important to get those nutrients in there because you are what you eat. So if you eat junk food, you're, you're not going to uh, have a, the most healthy body. If you eat healthy food, you, you'll have a more healthy body. Now, when we think about that in respects to what what Paul just wrote to the church here at Rome, he says, you are who you obey. Do you obey the flesh? Well, if you do, you will live a fleshly life. You'll be a slave to sin. You'll be a slave to the sin of the flesh. On the other hand, if we obey righteousness, he says, we will become more righteous. And what we're ultimately talking about is conversion. Once we accept Christ, once we put off that old man and put on the new, it's not like some, all of a sudden uh, we'll never make a mistake. All of a sudden uh, we're going to be able to walk perfectly and not stumble. And if anyone tells you that's possible, they're misleading you because we're still human. But as our relationship with God through Christ matures, then we begin to grow and we grow more righteous and more righteous each and every day that we live. Yes, we're going to make mistakes. Yes, we're going to stumble. Yes, we're going to fall. But just like with any child, uh, you pick that child up, you dust them off, and you send them on their way and, and hope that the lesson is learned. Well, it's the same way that God views us in our sin. Is that we are convicted of that sin. We repent of it. In other words, we dust ourselves off. And we move forward learning from that lesson. Never to repeat that again. So that we can become more righteous. And then someday, Christ, if we stay faithful to that, Christ will pronounce us righteous in front of the Father. Many times people think that God's grace eliminates obedience. But it's quite the opposite. God's grace demands obedience. Jesus was obedient. Jesus was obedient all the way to death on the cross. And we must become obedient to what the cross means. And that's what the cross speaks of need for obedience. Now, when we started, I asked the question, does the cross speak to you? And hopefully after our study this morning, you view the cross a little differently, other than something that sits on our communion table or, or hangs in the baptistry. Maybe you wear it as jewelry, and that's fine as a reminder. But now I hope it has a deeper meaning. That the cross speaks to us because of our guilt. And the cross speaks to us because of God's righteousness. And how helpless we are to save ourselves. But how that God has the power to save. And it is certainly a display of God's love. But it also demands, the cross demands our obedience. So I ask you this, have you obeyed God? Is there one reason that you can give for not doing so, having heard the truth of what the cross is? Here we are just a couple of weeks away from Easter, the day that we as Christians celebrate 
the freedom from sin, the freedom from eternal death. Maybe not a physical death because the scripture says it's appointed for man once to die and then the judgment. But the judgment with Christ as our advocate is what we will escape that type of death. And God wants, because he holds you with great value, God wants everyone to be saved. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, says this, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And that's the call that we make this morning, to come to that salvation. And in order to do that, we must obey. He has called us to hear. The cross is speaking to us. And if you have heard the gospel and you believe the gospel, and you're willing to confess your sins and Jesus Christ as your Savior and repent of those sins and be baptized, buried with him in the likeness of his death. And that's what we, we see that now. With him going into the tomb, that's like going under the water. Coming out of the tomb is like being raised out of the water. You have remission of sin or forgiveness of sin, and you also have the gift of the Holy Spirit, as the Scriptures tells us. And then what do we do from there? We live faithful until death. We serve the Lord as He has equipped us. Will you obey Him? Will you obey Him today? And, and you say, well, yes, Rob, I would love to do that. The Lord's put it on my heart, and I, I'm, I'm willing to come. If you want to make a decision for Christ, you contact me through any of the means that I'm going to make available here shortly or on Facebook and I will get in contact with you and we will do what the scripture says. Now maybe you realize that you have forgotten these points about what the cross was and you need to rededicate yourself to the fact that we were guilty and God's righteous and I'm helpless but God can save and God loves me and I have to obey. Well, I want to encourage you this morning to rededicate yourself to those very things that the cross speaks of. We're going to have a hymn of invitation of time, time of reflection. And as I said, if you have a decision to make, you just simply get in contact with me and we'll make sure that we do what the Bible says.
certainly it's been uh, wonderful to be here with you this morning. It's, uh, I know it's different for you at home to, uh, to be watching me on whatever screen. Some of you are watching on phone, some of you are watching on TV, and um, uh, it's different for you. But it's a lot different for me to, to speak to an empty church, say Tony and Austin. Uh, that's really difficult to preach. So as I learn to do this, I hope I get a little bit better, and I hope that the messages uh, come through and, and you get the value from that as well. Now I told you I'd give you uh, give you some uh, uh, information uh, at the end of the broadcast. So uh, prayer request, you can email those. Hopefully you've got your pen and paper. LGCC1830 at windstream.net. You can call the church phone. I didn't even think about this. I have an answering machine. You can call our church phone and leave a message on that. It's 606 area code 878-0752. And I'll also extend that if you have made a decision today and uh, you would like to speak further, uh, you can call me on that number. I'll be the only one that gets those, retrieve those messages, so it will be completely private and personal. And you can also leave your prayer request there as well. Um, hopefully, uh, again, if you have a need for groceries or medicine, need someone to pick that stuff up, uh, give us a call. Uh, the mailing address, if you'd like to mail your offering in, P.O. Box 197, Locust Grove Christian Church, P.O. Box 197, Keeby, Kentucky. 40737 and uh, certainly uh, we'll get those to Ernie and also just a reminder and, and I've kind of set it up and Carolyn seems to like it and, and you do too and, and each Thursday night uh, we'll come on do an informal uh, little broadcast try to tweak and make uh, any changes we need uh, to do that as well and uh, give you some more information. So we'll be looking for us Thursday night that we'll go back live uh, again. And then on Saturday from 11.30 in the morning until one o'clock in the afternoon, I'll be doing uh, here at the Fellowship Hall at the Breezeway, be doing communion, resupply if it's needed. And then also I'll be taking up offering uh, for those that would like to just hand that in to us as well. Certainly you can do that. And uh, hope that you have a, a great week. Looks like if the weathermen are accurate, we're going to have more pretty days than we're going to have rainy days. So uh, if you're able to get out and enjoy the weather, do that and enjoy God's creation. I look forward to next Sunday morning when we can continue to draw a little closer uh, to the Lord uh, through His Word as we draw closer to Easter. Hope you have a great day. We'll end this service with a word of prayer and our blessings upon you. Almighty God and our most gracious and heavenly Father, we thank you again, Lord, for this beautiful day. And thank you, Father, for uh, allowing us to come together uh, through this Facebook Live. Though we sit maybe with family members, maybe some of us are sitting at home alone, we are all together as one because we are gathered together in your name. And, Father, we're thankful for Jesus we're so thankful for the lessons that he taught us to, to live, how to treat each other, and how to conduct ourselves, but most importantly, how to serve you. 
and follow their thankfulness. I pray that we would all know and understand the great depth of your love that you have for us. Now, Father, as we enter into this new week, I pray that you would be with each and every person that hears this broadcast. And I pray that you would keep them safe and their families safe and in your care. Again, we ask that your blessings would be upon all of those people across this nation and state and, yes, the world that are working so hard to try to bring an end to this pandemic. I pray your blessings upon their work. But most of all, Father, I pray that during this time, during this time when we are going through so much change that we look to you, the one that never changes, the one that is constant and has always been constant. And I pray, Father, that if there is someone that does not know you, does not know Jesus Christ as their Savior, that this week, Today would be that week or day or time that they would change and they would turn their life over to you and they would come to know salvation. Father, we praise you and we thank you and we love you. We pray that you would go with us throughout this week. These things I pray and humbly ask in Christ's name.